Yeah. All right, you got your Bibles, your Bible apps, your phones, whatever, get them out. Let's turn to uh, Hebrews chapter 2. I've just finished a series on putting down roots, and this is going to continue that, but this is very um, close to a Christmas sermon. I don't like doing, y'all know I like doing series, but I don't like necessarily theming things, but I can't hardly help it. Uh, When talking about Jesus, it's very easy to point it to the season that we're in. Um, But Hebrews chapter 2, and I'm going to be reading from the message, which is a modern day version of maybe what you're used to reading. So if you've got the app, then go to the message translation. But the Lord led me to Hebrews. I'm a one-year Bible reader. It's the way that I'm able to keep my... Um, it, it, the Word of God says you can't live on bread alone but by the very Word of God. And I can't just eat once a week and make it the whole week. I've got to be in the Word. And I want to encourage you, be in the Word daily. And whatever it takes to be in the Word, do that. And for me, I'm very systematic. I'm probably not borderline OCD. I probably am OCD. I've got to have a plan. It's, there's got to be a system to it. And if I can get in that system, I can usually hang on. Now, everyone's not that way. But find a plan to be in the Word of God. If you're not, you're going to be getting influenced by other things other than the Word of God. And the key to your success in walking with Christ is following Christ. And if you're not following Christ, what are you following? And the way that we follow Christ is by following His Word. Jesus is the Word. John chapter 1 talks about how Jesus is the Word. So if you're going to be a follower of Christ, you've got to be in the Word. You can't remove that piece. You can act like a Christian. You can come to church. You can say you're one. But if you're not following him, you are not a follower of Christ. Okay, so um, I see Juanita walk in here. It has been just such the competition going on out there with the. Uh, <laughs> she was out there probably destroying all the others. And making the sunlight shine directly on hers. <laughs> it was a little it, it was it was a little bit overwhelming to have uh, Brandon stand up here and have the judge uh, sticker on his shirt. I don't know that anybody could see him close enough, but it said judge on his shirt, and I'm like, this feels funny. Um, I did not do anything I did, we did compete. my team did compete, but I have no I can't take any credit. Uh, uh, I was there. Uh, I was moral support. I was cheering on those that were doing it, but uh, literally came with a lot of blood, sweat, and tears. Uh, So, so (laughs) near divorces and near changing religions, and uh, yeah, I'm kind of kidding So, let's go back to Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2. All right, here we go. It's crucial that we keep a firm grip on what we've heard so we don't drift off. Church, this is specifically for you. This is not an entertaining time to be able to sit back and just enjoy the show. This is wisdom being imparted to you by what Christ, what God the Father, His idea for what our world is for, sending His Son, giving us His Word so that today you could have victory. It's not just for eternity, it is for today. 
God is throwing you a life preserver, not just a life preserver, but the tools to walk out of here and to be blessed and successful. Somebody say amen. Amen. God is giving you what you need right now. I know sometimes we just sit here and we just enjoy the message and it's good and that's okay. We enjoy the worship. But I want you to know God is giving you provision right now. This is his word. may not be King James like you're used to it, but go with me. Someone has just rewritten the same word so that we could possibly understand it a little bit better. I don't know about you, but I need things explained to me. That's the role of the Holy Spirit, to take the Word of God and to help me to learn it, to help me to understand it. If you want to go back to King James, go back to King James. But hang in there with me right now. To keep a firm grip on what we've heard so that we don't drift off. If the old message delivered by the angels was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can neglect, we can risk neglecting this latest message, this magnificent salvation? Again, talking about the Old Testament and how that Old Testament showed us kind of the guidelines or the blueprint of of where we we go wrong. Um, the, The law showed us our sin. It also showed us we couldn't do it. You know, the Old Testament showed us sin, but it also showed us we can't hold up to it. Everyone sins. Jesus came to fulfill the law, to position us and to equip us and to pardon us for what we've done based on what he did for us. So saying here, we've got to keep keep a firm grip on this message that we have heard or we will drift off. We cannot neglect this latest message, this magnificent salvation. This is a picture here of a ship, of a ship drifting past its safe anchorage. And there are so many factors in this world trying to trying to distract you from spiritual wisdom. Even right now, you've got things banging around in your head that are trying to elect, to get you to drift away. Even as Jesus Christ is trying to speak directly to you, His Spirit, His Holy Spirit is trying to speak to you right now. You've got things banging around in your circumstances, in your life, in your situations that is trying to get you to miss even this right now. Does anyone have a distraction going on right now? Okay, then acknowledge this message. This message is saying there are things that are going to cause you to neglect this latest message. And it's going to cause you to miss the port. These thoughts and these arguments and these enemies deposit these thoughts and ideas and misdirections that causes you to neglect the truth. So, that, this, as I break down this scripture, even in wording that I can understand... I want to break it down even further. Neglect. What does neglect mean? It means to fail to care for properly. It's not caring properly for whatever that thing is that you're neglecting. So as we go back and we still look at the beginning, take a firm grip 
a firm, firm grip on what? What is it saying to keep a firm grip of? If you don't put the, if you don't put the dots together, we're going to miss it. It's too easy to just listen and go on. But put the dots together. A firm grip on this new message. If the old message delivered by the angels was valid and nobody got away with anything, do you think we can risk neglecting this latest message, this new message? What is he saying? This new covenant message, the gospel message, the word of God since Jesus came to the earth, the new covenant message. You must keep a firm grip on that message. Are we together? If you don't, what will happen? You'll drift off. There's safety, there's provision, there's breakthrough. The sun is shining over there, and I don't know if you can even see it, but I'm going into the dark, literally. All lights point over here. And the, the problem is, as long as I go slowly, if I go slow enough, I won't even notice the light go out. And that's what happens. You must keep a firm grip on it. You must. Makes me want to put fingerprints. I, I want to have fingerprints in my Bible, literal ones, where I am literally not going to lose my grip. Don't overthink this, church, because it's so easy to drift off. Imagine being tethered to safety, to provision, to care, to love, to power to power over evil, to supernatural support. Imagine. You know, it's natural to let your guard down and take advantage and become entitled and expect it to always be there. That's natural. It's natural to think as my children grow up that there's going to be food on the table at 6 o'clock every night. You cook every, almost every single day. Well, whatever. You, you, just go with me. My, my kids know it's not at that time, but they know they're going to get fed. And they can bring whoever they want. And we'll figure out a way to make it stretch. It's always there. But when it's always there, can you begin to neglect? Can you take, can you take it for granted? Can you become entitled? There are times when my kids come home and they're like, what's mom cooking? Well, she's not cooking. What? I wish I was exaggerating. And I kind of want to, my, my parents would always use the term backhand. I kind of want to, I don't, but I kind of want to, I want to say it. It's just my mom saying, I'll backhand you. And I'm like, okay, I get that. I missed something. I don't like the backhand. I'd rather have a forehand, but... But it's easy to neglect. It's natural. You're not broken bad goods because you have 
drifted away. It's natural. We must fight against the world and against our flesh and against our nature. What kind of nature do we have? A sin nature. It's easy to neglect. It's supernatural. Listen to me, church. It's supernatural to stay needy. It's supernatural to stay aware and humble and teachable. It's not natural to stay teachable. It's natural to think you know everything. When things are good, we lean less on God. It's not until we're racing out of control toward a raging waterfall to fall to our death do we even think about God. We don't realize it, but that whole process starts with drifting. Let's continue on the scripture. It says, first of all, it was delivered in person by the master, then accurately passed on to us by those who heard it from him. All the while, God was validating it with gifts through the Holy Spirit. All sorts of signs and miracles as he saw fit. I think there are many primary reasons for Christmas, but I think that this one's a big one. Was he sent Jesus to deliver us this message? For us to be able to receive this message, this magnificent message of salvation. And it's been passed down to you through people. And God has been validating this message through the Holy Spirit by gifts, signs, and miracles. Can anyone attest to that? We can. We can attest to the fact that God has been doing great things in our life. When we find ourselves under the fountain, under the coverage of God, we notice it. You can't keep from noticing it. God is a God of gifts. Spiritual gifts, natural gifts. God is a gift giver. And when we get under his tree, they're good. They fill our desire. Worldly things might fill your desire for a moment, but they won't last. God's gifts are lasting gifts. And we can attest to it. I want you to hear me. Regardless of your situation, you are fortunate. Right now, you are inside a, a heated building. If you'll stick around long enough, we'll give you a, a snack or two. If you're new here today, that's coming. Here in just a little bit, we're going to let you go and we're going to have some snacks. And if you'll mosey out to the coffee shop, we've probably got some donuts left over. And feast away. Have all you want. Eat them up. Don't leave them here because I'll snack on them through the week. No matter how old, no matter how stupid, if it's laying around, I, I'm, I'm a snacker. I like to just grab and graze and I also like it all to be thrown away and not to be found as I'm scourging through trying to find a donut. But you are a fortunate person. You are in a position right now to hear the message of hope. 
even though you're probably facing catastrophe, you are fortunate to be in this city, to be in this nation. You have it better than most. But most of all, you have received the message of salvation. You may not have received Christ. This may be your first time to hear it, but I want you to know after today, you're going to hear it. And you're going to have an opportunity to receive a gift from God. But if this message can be neglected, the opposite is also true. What's the opposite of neglect? It's care. It's obedience. It's watchfulness. If you're not caring for this message of salvation over your life, you will drift off. Uh, We in the church like to use this expression, backslide. It's not positive. It's literally sliding away from safety. Ultimately, this first part of Hebrews chapter 2 is a warning to Christians to stay devoted. Your devotion. Stay devoted to Christ, to His message, to His direction, to His leading, and keep a firm grip on His Word. Faith believes what God says and acts in line with His Word. Did you hear me? Faith is just not believing it. It's acting on it. Believing it is one thing. Acting on it is another thing. Devotion is a concentration on a particular pursuit, purpose, or cause. Are you devoted to Christ? Before you answer yes... Look at the trail of your wake behind you. Does that trail prove devotion? If it doesn't, you have got a great opportunity in front of you. If it does, great. Don't lose your grip. But if you've lost your grip, the whole message of the New Testament is that if you've lost your grip... There's mercy and grace for you. There's hope for you. There is a way to return and to be restored. It is an incredible message. A real devotion to Jesus recognizes our fleshly tendency to become lackadaisical. And then it works and studies and fights to avoid those fleshly tendencies. Scripture shapes our thinking. Scripture shapes our thinking. If you're not in the Word, what is shaping your thinking? I'm going to meddle a minute and try to tell you what's shaping your thinking. Doubt. Fear. Rejection. Depression, pressure that shouldn't be your pressure, 
an inability to be perfect, but trying to be and always failing? We try and we try and we try and we just can't do it. And next thing you know, we have completely drifted away. Why? Because our thoughts aren't being shaped by God's view of you and His plan. They're being shaped by your view of you, the world's view of you, and every enemy from hell is showing up at your doorstep and shaping your thoughts. It's no wonder we wind up where we wind up. Joy. Doesn't that just make you want to say joy? <laughs> Let's look at what God says about us. I want you to look. As soon as he talks to us about devotion and about not losing group, uh, the next verse, verse 5, it says, God didn't put angels in charge of this business of salvation that we're dealing with here. It says in Scripture, What is man and woman that you bother with them? Why take a second look their way? You made them not as quite as high as angels, bright with Eden's dawn light. Then you put them in charge of your entire handicraft world. Who was put in charge of the entire world? Us. Not the angels. Us. What's the significance of that? Let's keep going. When God put them in charge of everything, nothing was excluded. But we don't see it yet. We don't see everything under human jurisdiction. What we do see is Jesus made not quite as high as the angels, and then through the experience of death, crowned so much higher than any angel with a glory bright with Eden's dawn light, in that death, by God's grace, he fully experienced in every person's place. What is he saying there? He's saying there that we have been equipped with the authority over everything in the earth. Everything in the earth. What was made the authority of Jesus Christ, He has given to us to rule and reign here in this earth. Why don't we see it? Because we drift off. We get away from the message. What did Christ overcome? Did we just read? He overcame death. He overcame sin. He overcame the power of sin. We see that throughout Scripture that Christ overcame the power of sin. And that has been given to us. Why don't we overcome the power? Why don't we overcome sin? Because we drift off. The moment you drift back, sin has no power over you anymore. All of a sudden, you can overcome. But what happens is, we get in a hole, we fall in a pit, we we, we go back to Christ, we get out of that pit, the sun's shining again, the grass is growing, the hills are alive with the sound of music, and what happens? We relax, and we drift off. It's why marriages do this thing. You drift, then you come back. Then you drift off, then you come back. And what happens throughout this thing is sometimes you get down here and it breaks. And there's no recovery. So you start again. Don't drift off. It's so easy in marriage to drift off. The picture of us and Christ is the same picture of a bridegroom and a bride. Don't drift off. Husbands. Hold on tight to your wives. 
Wives, hold on tight to your husbands. Families, hold on tight to your families. Man, let me tell you, it's easy to drift off from your family. Unfortunately, sometimes I think we think it's easier just to drift off and just to be indifferent. It's not. It's wrong. God created family. Don't drift off. You have incredible worth to God, and He has given you all authority. Pastor Paul, I've not experienced that authority. Okay, grab hold of God's Word and His Spirit. Start walking in it. Start following it. And watch. Watch breakthrough begin to happen in your life. Watch the hills melt like wax. The hills are still going to come. Storms are still going to come. Challenges are still going to come. We just learned through, through uh, putting down roots that it is because of those challenges that we are made strong. Once we can identify that we're weak, God supernaturally shows up strong in our lives. It takes those challenges to recognize, is our faith genuine? When our faith is proven genuine, we show up with the presence of the Lord. When the presence of the Lord comes, He comes with healing in His wings. He comes with all provision. When we find ourselves without, we've lost grip. Hold on tight. Hold on tight. There's so much more. If you'll just continue in chapter 2, just let that be your own homework. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to close right here. A supernatural God became natural, flesh and blood, to overcome everything that we could experience, and He gave us all authority over all of it. The hold on death has been destroyed. The only way it can find its way back in is if we let it. We have the authority to kick it out, but we also have the authority to let it back in. God has empowered us to defeat every enemy. He has authority over all evil. Church, wake up. Jesus has defeated death. He did this by overcoming the devil. When we exercise our faith in God by trusting God so much that our actions prove our faith, sin is defeated. Death is defeated. I'm going to end you with this statement. Kingdom reality becomes our reality. What is really real becomes real in us. There's going to come a time when all the shaking is going to take place and the only thing standing is going to be the kingdom of God. That reality can come to you now on heaven, in heaven as it is on earth. That's what I'm after, is that, my kingdom, rea- that kingdom reality becomes my reality. Hold on. Hold on to that message. Do you know Jesus? Have you received him as your Lord and Savior? Do you know that it's just an act of your will? Do you know that it's just a decision that you make? You just confess it out of your own mouth that Jesus is Lord.
and you believe that he was raised from the dead. That he died on a cross for your sin. I know it sounds too good to believe. But I also know right now inside you something is urging you to believe it. Do you know what that is? That's the Holy Spirit. He created you. And he's drawing you back to him right now. There's something in you. You've got your mind that's telling you this is just a a bunch of... uh, What's the right word I could use? It's just a bunch of... Fooey. How's that word? It's not the word I want. But there's also something in you that's saying... There's also something in me that I can't explain, but I believe it to be true. That's God supernaturally trying to rescue you, trying to reach you. And if you will just accept it and start to follow it, your life is going to change. My life has never been the same. I was saved at five years old. I was spirit-filled at 17 years old. And even though I've been through a lot of stuff, the Lord never left me. He has never abandoned me. And I want you to know that same God. Will you bow your heads with me? Right where you sit, you may have drifted away. I want to encourage you to make a commitment right now to rededicate, to redevote, to turn, and to return to God's Spirit, to God's Word, to God's body, and to really make a decision to not neglect, but to care for. To care for that decision by following Christ. You may be here and you may say, I've never made that decision. Right now where you sit, just say to the Lord, forgive me of my sin. I believe that you died on the cross for my sin. And I ask you to forgive me. Spirit of God, come into my heart. And I make a decision today to follow you. As simple as that sounds, that's all it takes. That's a simple decision, but now you've got to start walking. Following Christ. Would you do that today, church? Make a conscious effort to follow Christ. Get to know His Word, get to know His direction, and follow it. Father, in Jesus' name, I ask as we turn our hearts to You, Lord, that You just come drawing near to us. And the disasters that face us, Lord, I just ask You for help. You're not a God of disaster. You're a God of restoration. You're a God of restoring the dead. The things that can't be restored, you restore. I just ask you right now, Holy Spirit, to move in our hearts, to turn our direction. Lord, I ask for restoring this church according to your word and your heart, your desire. Restoring this body. Restoring these individuals, families, marriages, health. Lord, it all comes with you. Seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you.
we turn back to you this morning. Just praise your holy name. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said, amen. Amen.